I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I've been looking at wedding outfits for the past three hours in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, hopefully much more relaxed about the prospect at this point, from the satellite branch in Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello, and sort of. I mean, I already have my outfit picked out. And you're one up on me. Friends, this is episode 187 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 186 episodes, you take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, and henceforth, you will never miss an episode. You may have forgotten. This is the last episode before July hiatus. So you're going to be out there living your life all July. Maybe, you know, it's understandable. You're not going to be checking every week to see if we've come back, nor do we expect you to. So why don't you just click a little follow, subscribe, notifications on your audio content provider of choice, because that means whenever we come back, you're going to know about it, because you're going to hear chimes on the air, and a frosty wind is going to bring those episodes directly to your device from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey Frostelicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Chauncey keeps busy. He gets busy and he keeps busy. Yeah. He, I mean, he has his outfit already planned for the way. <laughs> he does. Oh my God. Is Chauncey going to be there? Of course. Y'all, I, I did not know. I'm unprepared. Now I'm guessing you're going to have to like take another look at your outfit. You does, don't want to be one-upped by Chauncey. I mean, does he know I'm going? I feel like he might not go if he knows I'm going. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe he doesn't. I mean... I think I'm, I'm, I might need to let him know now. Well, y'all, I think we both know that if it comes down to, if Caitlin has to decide who is going to be more fun at the wedding, me or Chauncey, it's, sorry, someone cute. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to it. Friends, if you would like to give me alternate activities when I get disinvited from Caitlin's wedding, because Chauncey <laughs> won't go if I'm there. Hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show lives on the social meds. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so I can take someone cute out for a nice dinner or some other alternate activity. <laughs> Bowling? <laughs> I don't know if she bowls. I don't know if you ever talked about that. I haven't bowled Who doesn't bowl? I don't know. Not everyone bowls, Caitlin. That's ridiculous. But hey, night of bowling? Sure, why not? Shoe rental, y'all. Three bucks in the old tip jar. KO-FI.com slash geekdownpod. Tip jar always there, even if we're on break. If yes. You, if you miss us, want to woo us back with currency? Tink, tink. Go ahead. Hey, we, we are not above that. We, we can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, Easily. If you want us back in two weeks, y'all, it's very easy. Pony up that sweet, sweet cash. <laughs> and we will be there sweltering in this apartment all July long. Oh, man. Those. Uh, I mean, we get a taste of it in August if I if like I come to record. But those years where we just stuck it out 
you guys don't even know. It's really, it's, I, it was like hard to breathe. It's really amazing we didn't murder each other. It was close. There, <laughs> it was real close. The fact, the fact that like we, because <laughs> because you know the tyrant over here was just like it's consistency. It's got to be consistent. <laughs> Week in, week out. You will give 110%. That's impossible. No No one can give more than 100%. By definition, that is the most anyone can give. Until eventually it was just like, why don't we just not Not for a few (laughs) weeks, maybe month? Um, And that's what we do. And uh, thank you all for, you know, Allowing us this time and understanding and coming back uh, when we resume production in August. Obviously, the highlight of the month off will be the culmination of it when Kate, two years in the making, finally gets to have her wedding reception. I I legit wanted to send out invites saying, you know, wedding part two, electric boogaloo. But I think think last year we sent something out like that because it was just so ridiculous. It was like the second time we were postponing and... As, yeah, I was, so, as I was telling people, yes, you got married in 2020, yes? Yes, yes. Yes, we did. And I'm glad we did. Well, I mean, one of the reasons we decided to, because it was because at that point, it was like, well, who knows how long the pandemic's going to go on? Right. It could be a year. It could be two years. It probably won't be two years. Be. <laughs> of course not. That would be ridiculous. So I'm very glad we got married. But it will be nice to finally have the reception and get to see friends and family and white people dance to funk. Oh, Uh, I'm so excited about it. Keep trying to prepare someone cute for the caucasity that awaits her. The caucasity is going to be through the roof. (laughs) Um, I'm very excited, though. Will will there be like fife music? Are you going to do that? Yeah. Music? Like tin whistles and shit like that. What, what? Are you talking about like... I don't know, whatever. Like Kaylee music? Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever, pa- whatever, pa- whatever Papa Stewart's into. Uh, there, there might be for Dad, but I, the thing about a Kaylee is you have something called a caller who calls out the moves. Uh, a little bit like, if you think of like country western, like do-si-do and turn your partner round and round, like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, but we don't, you have to like pay for that and pay for a band and all of that. So that's not happening. Okay. So I will but be, the, I probably... will be the caller, Caitlin, I will be the caller for the Kaylee, but I'm going to do it in the style of Deshaun, uh, from legendary. Um, I think the probably closest legitimately we're going to get is that spirit of the West song. <laughs> oh man. Oh my God. Someone cute. How Canadian are you? Now, are you done? that song just like existed one day when I started going out to bars? It was just one of those songs where suddenly everybody knew, and it was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I could see that being on the list, but anyways, that'll probably be later into the night. Um, um shoot, but I had, yeah, I had another question yeah. about the cockacity, and I can't remember. <laughs> uh, well, there is also I had to I I did warn my sister and my dad that um, there is a tradition in Chris's family. Um, where they do a Blues Brothers dance. So, like, yeah, just prepare yourself. It's adorable. There's sunglasses involved. (laughs) I mean, it's not a Blues Brothers routine if there isn't. It's kind of the I know. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just warning. Warning people. Oh, my. Well, look forward to that, friends. Um, 
And then after Kate's wedding, I will come back to my apartment for one day and then board a train to go home. Hang out with Mr. Ooh. Malosh and the Fam Jam and actually get home to Windsor-Essex. We may not be back right in the first week of August and maybe the second one, but you will deal, friends, and you will understand. And Lord knows I will bring back all the fantastic stories for you from both events when we resume production in August. Um, there is one little item of news <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. It's probably a little old by now, um, although there were, was a new development uh, back on the 23rd. Uh, Kay, did you see this story about the Miles Morales What If series? No. So there's been a comic series featuring Miles Morales in the What If conceit. It's just what if Miles Morales was XYZ? What if he was, what if he was the Hulk? What if he was this? What if he was that? And they did one called what if Miles Morales was Thor? It's part of Marvel's 60th anniversary celebration of Spider-Man. This particular issue was written by Yehudi Mercado with art by Luigi Zagaria. And the comic was met with a bit of a backlash for being, how shall we say it? Well, I mean... When he throws the hammer, he says it's hammer time. Oh. No. And instead of like... Here's here's a quote of the narration. Of all the five realms, Asgard is his hood. It says at one point. Instead of by Odin's beard, he says by Odin's fade. And the uh, rainbow bridge has like graffiti on it. Oh my god. Yeah! Oh my god. Bad look. Um, Mercado has since uh, written his Twitter apologia. Um, Quote, I've taken the last few days to step back and listen, and I acknowledge your criticism for my recent issue of What If? I've lived a different experience through my own Jewish and Mexican background. I still know inauthenticity hurts, and I'm sorry this failed on that front. I appreciated hearing and learning from my black and Puerto Rican comics peers. And hope to use this moment to help promote better authenticity. I'm also going to donate what Marvel paid me to the Brooklyn Book Bodega, which works to build literacy and get more books to kids in NYC. Uh, okay, that's awesome. You know, you took resp- take responsibility. Donate the money to a good cause. Um, I don't know that this is a matter of just, like, it should have been a person of color who wrote it. Because, I mean, the character was created by two white guys. And they wrote it for 100 issues with no real concern there i so i don't think it's an issue of the ethnicity of the person who wrote it i just think it's bad writing and how did this happen and like where was the editor that's my biggest question this to me this is not even on mercado like okay he had a bad take cool there should have been multiple people who saw this along the way who then went this is maybe bad. Maybe yeah, this the, is not I always the am look. fascinated, fascinated that not one person is like, hey, this isn't cool, guys. This isn't good. And it's just disheartening given, you know, how the strides the character has made, both in video games and obviously Spider-Verse and things like that. Like, it's just, it's just, it shouldn't be. It should be more difficult to make stuff this bad. Yeah. You know? So that was my one bit of, my one bit of news. Hashtag do better at a Marvel editorial. Like, 
just hammer time. Hammer, yeah, hammer time, ouch. Kate. Ouch. That is no. Oh, and no, no. Mjolnir has graffiti on it as well because, you know, urban. I even just saw, I like looked up as you're talking, like a couple of pages. Well, and one of them has like an Asgard, but there's like shoes hung up on like a wire. Yes. And I'm just like, what the actual God? Um, the three panels I'm seeing is him fighting an ice giant and he's spinning the hammer saying time to spin these hits. Oh, he clubs God. another guy and says, now that was a banger. No, no, just, no, just, no. Just odd. This is, this is not a thing, not a thing that needed to happen. And again, I don't, you know. Could, Sorry, I'm could, just like so stressed by this. I'm just like, could, oh God. Could all of this been avoided if anyone Afro Latinx had worked or uh, seen, laid eyes on the book before it hit publication? Yes. Absolutely. But also, just somebody should have had more sense. Somebody should have had more sense, yeah. Kate. Yeah, they should. Ah. <sighs> So that was my one bit of news. We'll see. We'll see what happens when the trade paperback of this comes out. I will keep you posted whenever that drops. If this is still included, I'm going to put money on. Nah. Maybe not. They may just, let me just memory hole this one, retcon this one right out of existence. <laughs> I love when things like that happen. This is why people talk about the Mandela effect. I swear to God, there's like so many instances where it's just like, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Saying more eloquently, the point I've been stumbling to make was comic creator Kevin Grivew on Facebook. <laughs> Straight out of Asgard, <laughs> A-Z-G-A-R-D. Beta Ray Bill and Alien got a better hookup than Brother Miles and, and a new hammer to boot. Blonde flat top fade, graffiti on the hammer, speaking as Guardian Air... Ebonics wearing Air Valhalla Nikes while he bops down the Bifrost. Is this how they see us? I'm surprised he's not palming a basketball with his other hand and going for that 360 from the top of the key thunder dunk. Now, I'm not one that believes all black characters should be written by black creators. Very few of the black characters we know and love, like Black Panther, Blade, Black Lightning, Cyborg, Falcon, Luke Cage, Mr. Terrific, John Stewart, etc., were created by black creators. Because if so, then we would have to logically concede that we shouldn't be the regular writers of the main Iron Man, Wonder Woman, Flash, Batman, etc., etc. books. Uh, but is this what happens when we're not in the room and part of the decision-making process when it comes to creating our own images? Are we that unwanted? And when do we create our? And when we do create our own images, do they try to keep us away from them after the conception so they can insert their own views about who they want us to be? And how they want us to be perceived. Does this topic really have to be that difficult? I think they sincerely want diversity. They just don't want diversity from us. Yow. Ugh. 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 Yes. Yes, Caitlin. Ugh. Push a T noise. Yes. Ugh. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't go out before hiatus with Caitlin McKinnon making a push a T noise, then I don't, I don't, this is not a podcast <laughs> I want to do anymore. Uh, Kate. Yeah. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> I forgot to <laughs> I forgot to send you the video, but I swear to God, when it happened, I ran it back, I filmed it, and the second he said it, I screamed <laughs> and sent that video to someone cute. I was like, he said the thing. Um, he said the th both. That's what Chris and I said. We were like slapping each other. We're like, he said the thing. He said the thing. Oh uh, my God, y'all! <laughs> in Toronto. 
on the uh, heels of the uh, Obi-Wan finale, there was a marathon screening with Hayden Christensen and Deborah Chow. And not for all the gold in Shangri-La could you have gotten me <laughs> to a theater to watch all three and a half hours, if not more, of this show. Kate. Yeah. What are our Obi-Wan mm-hmm. takeaways? Um, I was right. I was right. Uh, I was right. <laughs> Which part? Um, we did not need an Obi-Wan Kenobi no. TV series. Mm-mm. Um, they fucked it up mm-hmm. and, um, we, I could have written it something better in like 30 minutes than what they came out with. What did we, what did we learn about this amazing Jedi warrior? He's a butler for two children. That's all, <laughs> well, all he's ever in, been. Unless it's the point of the movie or the show or the story, I never think you should end up exactly where you started. Um, and I guess you could say in a way he doesn't, but they don't give a lot of time to it. And he very quickly sort of like, I just, there was no catharsis. There was no real like... Uh, changed. I just, I was very frustrating. And there were so many things that they like, they threw sort of canon or whatever you want to call it out the window and they didn't have to. Like, it was almost like we're going to do this, but we're going to try and be clever about it. Why? Why? This story could have been told in so many other ways. Um, and it didn't need to be told. And I didn't need this. I didn't need this. I was fine without this. <laughs> the, the, the canon business. Yeah. Luke in A New Hope complaining about how his life has been always been so boring. Aside from that <laughs> moment where his aunt and uncle turned into the fucking predator hunters and uh, <laughs> he ran through the desert in the middle of the night while chased by a Sith Lord. <laughs> Aside from that one little blip, things have been pretty chill on Tatooine. Well, he had head trauma. He didn't remember, obviously. <laughs> Oh my and god! Chris, Chris, when that happened, Chris was like, "Was that why he was always so whiny? Head <laughs> <laughs> <Ed> trauma?" <laughs> uh, it's just, anyways, it's it just was... like I mean, the less said about it, the better. But I mean, really, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's twofold. One, the most consistent man at work loved pointing out that you know, by the time they fight again, it's literally just like, eh. by the time they're fighting yeah. in a new hope, it's like, eh, flap. Eh. <laughs> The web. Hey, like, explain that to me. Maybe they both get depowered a little bit from their last battle. Maybe something happens. Why the sword Ex- fighting sucks in in the future? E- explain that. I remember George Lucas being like, "Well, they're old." I'm like, "Yeah, apparently, ten years before that happened, they were fine." So, <laughs> explain God, it. Is to that the me. timeline? Was this supposed to have happened ten years beforehand? Well, yeah, they're ten. Luke and Leia are ten. I think Luke's supposed to be like eighteen. So eight years. Damn. Explain that to me. This show sucks, y'all. It's yeah. like there was one mental thing. <laughs> the last time we met, you got the better of me. Okay, well, cool. We saw that. Cool, I guess. I'm always going to mark out anytime somebody fucks with Vader's helmet. That happened, you know, you're pulling Superman's cape and you don't fuck with Dark Vader's helmet. That was like from the Force Unleashed, though. Like, Except, except 
that whole thing where the the helmet oh god is this going to be some fucking already happened in the animated series shit already (laughs) happened in rebels and it was a huge fucking thing and ahsoka had her moment with anakin and it was all like holy shit it was amazing and then he's you realize he is not anakin anymore i was like they already did that i was so annoyed i'm like how dare you take that from ahsoka so he's just Um, he's just always out there getting his helmet cracked yeah I was very, I was very upset. Also, it's like, you could, like, the motivation could be, like, he did all this because he thought he could still, you know, he blames himself for Anakin, blah, blah, blah. But then it's just like, you didn't do this. Yeah. Anakin's dead. I did this, blah, blah, blah. I killed Anakin. Well, all right then, deuces. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Seriously. Um... Have some rocks, bitch. Bam. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god! Um, and you know the highlight for me, of course, was the actress that pr- plays Princess Leia. But she could have played any cool yeah, character. You on, you on your own eye. You you on Leia Island by yourself with you that just, one. You just don't like children. I don't like plucky. What? Oh my god! How have we done this podcast for so long? <laughs> That's your entire brand, <laughs> and it, gives, it is. gives me the hives. <laughs> You're like that's why we can only hang out once a week, and it has to be for a reason. <laughs> Hey, Leia, you good in there? Ten-year-old futz him with fuses. Yeah, bye. I'm just going to plug this thing in. Okay, it's, it it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> they're, uh, they're literally cutting through the door with laser swords. You, you, you good? <laughs> yeah, just, I got it. Just leave me alone. Just stop. What are you, my dad? <laughs> stop. I know what I'm doing. Let me do it. Dumb. <laughs> Anyway, this was terrible. Um, what else are you watching, Caitlin? Um, something I'm not allowed to talk about, and I got yelled okay, at okay, for. Okay, yeah, spoilers for the back half. Um, I realized a couple days after, last week at the end of the show, if you made it that far, bless your hearts, uh, we said we were going to cap it off with the Star Trek show, Brave New Worlds, which my colleague at work had been bigging up. And Caitlin hadn't seen yet. And I said, you want to do that? Let's do that. But it occurred to me later, that should be a Watcharama. Watcharama is for stuff we haven't seen yet. Opportune June is to, to revisit stuff we've already seen parts of. And I could not let this go. Because that's Jordan. Because. And he has problems. I am as a person. Like, it doesn't make sense for the. Listen, I care about narrative integrity, Caitlin. Unlike some of the people who make the products we consume. <laughs> I care about narrative integrity. So we decided what we were going to do, but then she's just like blowing up my Facebook with all these takes on brave new worlds. I'm like, girl, you what know, did I, what, were, what was the take exactly? This, what, what was the one thing I said? You were fucking screaming. Yes, that was it. That is all I said. I was like, brave new world equals me fucking screaming. That's, and he was like, wait, you know what we're watching, right? Because Caitlin, I had very Caitlin. I had very limited time, ma'am. And if it was, if you were not watching the thing you said you were going to, and I had to double back and watch three episodes of Brave New Worlds to get the show together. Jordan, Jordan, for the kids out there, I understood the assignment. <laughs> okay. Also, screaming is like when Beyonce drops her new song. Like that's not like that. That's not just a, a mild take. Oh, I mean, it's no, not like it's just it, what you had to say. Like, a... no, no, I was actually physically screaming at the television. Well, friends, there are things. Come back in a month. <laughs> you better that's, write. That's... You better. You better write this down. 
You're going to forget. We're going to come back in a month. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be like, why were you screaming? You're going to be like, I was, I was, I was I could, screaming. I could, I could, I could tell you a number of things. Tantalizing. Oh. Um, the other thing, <laughs> tantalizing Jesus. Um, the other thing that was too tantalizing and I was not prepared for was the J drama coffee and vanilla. Yes. You were, you were screaming about this as well. I did not know. Okay, let's just say culture shock, everyone. <laughs> um, I've only been exposed exposed to a very small number of K dramas, um, and like a couple of other like Japanese movies, like stuff from like Kurosawa, like classic stuff, and maybe a couple of others more recent. But really, haven't delved into other um, or, or a large number of. Uh, uh, K-dramas and J-dramas, j- never any J-dramas. And I was like, you know what? Let me, like, try one. And this one was, like, super highly rated. Something, it's, like, 9 out of nine out of 10 on some sites and, you know, like, 85% on others. Um, and they had... They started to almost have sex in the middle of the first episode. First episode, y'all. And if you know anything about K-dramas, one of the things we like about K-dramas is that there's the most ridiculous slow burn. Like, there have been dramas I've watched where, like, they didn't, like, hold hands until the, like, fourth episode. And even then, it might have been an accident. Four. Oh, yeah. It's an accident. It's definitely yeah. an accident. It's the fall-on kiss uh, vibe. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's the misunderstandings for, like, at least nine episodes. So, like, in the middle, like, I checked, and I told Jordan this, twice to make sure that I was on the first episode. I thought maybe I'd skip to the end or, like, midway through. So that was the middle of the f- middle of the first episode. By the end of the first episode, they've already had sex. Good Lord. And I, I the whole thing was very, there's a lot of sex, a lot of sex. And there was a lot of, like, closeness and kissing and I was not prepared. Hey, yo. Um, so that was uncomfortable. And I realized I do not like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like my super slow burn. Jane Austen, Austin-esque. You better, you, know, you better chasten this up, Japan. Um, and it wasn't good. I watched the whole thing. It was not. You watched the whole th- How many episodes oh, was it? Oh, here's the, here's the other thing. They're only, episodes were only half an hour. I was going to say, this kid still hasn't seen pasta, but she just burned through a new show <laughs> in like three days. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, and it was, it wasn't very good. It was a lot of like, you, I couldn't figure out why they were in love and <laughs> very like possessive and did not like that trope at all. So to cleanse my palate. I started to watch a K-drama called Something in the Rain. Oh, I don't know this one. Um, It is basically uh, about a relationship between uh, a younger man and his sister's friend. Um, And also talks a lot about, like, sexual harassment in the workplace. (laughs) Okay. I was like, it was, that was kind of awesome. But it's one of those things where I got, like, a couple episodes in. And, like, they didn't start going out until, I think, the third or fourth episode. And it's a little more chase. Like, they chase – they do 
you know, end up having sex, but it like pans away from the bed and right. focuses on the television, like that kind of thing. Um, but it was sort of like, I know part of it is cultural, but there was a lot of like, there is a, a problem with their, uh, them having a relationship, but it really isn't a problem. It's like the problem that they have made for themselves. It actually reminded me of the second season of Bridgerton, and I was very frustrated by this. And I was like, we're like, I don't know how many episodes in. And I was like, this thing's 16 episodes, and you guys are almost about to break up. And it's there's going to be like five episodes of them being broken up for no reason. I was like, I didn't come here for this. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I'm going to continue. I may just skip to the last episode. But it was it was very well acted, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and... Yeah, that was that's kind of what I watched. Oh, and some Orville, um, because Star Trek: Brave New Worlds is week to week, and we mm. basically watched all of it. Um, and we have to wait for the next one, so we needed some more Star Trekiness that didn't make us angry. So Orville is the way to go. Anything else on your update list? Uh, no, that that's that's it. All right, um, spring anime. Is wrapping up most of the, I assume by now, most of the things that uh, I had been watching, uh, keeping up on rather, have finished. I was very taken aback when Spy Family didn't air a next episode. And then like a day later, Hoshno Jen was like posting a big thank you message about the ending theme that he did, which got remixed by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, <laughs> Apparently I just saw that before we recorded. Um, and... Does Spy Family deserve to be as big as it is right now? Mm, I would say no. But how often does that happen, Jordan? <laughs> All mean, the time. It's Every season. It's fine. I did not did not realize. I mean, at Major Canadian Retailer, it gets filed in the teen section, and I, that should have been my tip-off going in, that this was not going to be, you know, Tinker Taylor. <laughs> right. With, with a cute kid. Um, it's going to be like, oh my God, to maintain this facade, she needs to get six of these Estrella bolts for community service or good grades. So she can go to some soiree that Lloyd's target is going to be. At. Okay. Okay. You want to talk about MacGuffins after MacGuffins? Welcome. To, <laughs> welcome to anime. Um, but you know, ultimately it was a good hang that fucking dog better show up next season. Next season's apparently dropping in October or this thing now where they, anime is turning into like regular TV where it's like, it's still, it's fucking stranger things, right? It's season one, part two. Ah, uh, I see. That's dropping in October. Um, so we'll see where that goes. That dog better show up and you better get more to do in the second quarter. That's all I know. Um, also finishing. What can you say about heroines run the show? The least expected delight of my spring that wrapped up its season. Uh, probably forever. I don't know that this is a show that really needs multiple year story arcs. I think it was just there to promote the virtual idol group and huzzah for that. Shouts to all the Juliettas out there. Is it, is it done now? Can yes. I watch all of it? Oh, if okay. you, yeah. If you were waiting for it to, uh, to wrap before you fit, before you went back to it. Yes, it is. It is done now. Excellent. Um, and then listen, like I said, super unexpected, super delightful, somehow made me laugh. <laughs> she's so 
Hiori was such a, even though she is like the ganky girl, nothing really bothers her type thing, something that she would do would make me laugh every episode. Um, or I believe the final ending credit song had something to do about her calling herself a potato face. Like that was a lyric. Aww. <laughs> Who um, knew potato face could just bring so much joy. So much joy. Bless you, potato face. Uh, the only other thing I really checked out that's worth talking about because it frustrated me so much, Caitlin. Yeah. How do we feel about Iron Chef around here? I mean, classic Iron Chef, yes. right? Yes, um, classic, classic I... Iron Chef. We're talking like when we were starving for when back, like pre-Web 1.0, we're talking Prime, Sunday night, Food Network, the last thing you did before you went to sleep for Monday morning, back to school type shit. You watch some Iron Chef and the pageantry and the stupidity of it and just perfect chef's kiss for iron chef yes the american version was fine if yeah it didn't have this the same like pageantry as the japanese version it did not at all and but it tried and now netflix has resurrected the show again i believe it's called search for an iron legend and I watched one episode, and this is the definition of a hat on a hat. The conceit of Iron Chef was fine on its own. Yes. Here's this thing. Everything you make has got to have this thing in it, and you have an hour. You don't need to then be like, it must all be street food, and it must be touched by fire. And the first one has to be done in 30 minutes. Wow. Quit, quit adding shit to it. It was fine. You need to keep throwing new twists into the mix. Twists are not needed here. Iron Chef is fine on so. I think I think a hat on a hat is a very good description. I believe that that's a that's a Seth Meyers ism from a. <laughs> Bill Hader told a story where uh, he he had an idea about I don't know what it was, but it was basically about like two unrelated funny things made less funny by putting them together. <laughs> Yes. And that is what Seth Meyers was alluding to. It's like, it's like, it's, you put, you're putting a hat on a hat. Um, and that's what the, that's what the show is. Like the, the concept of Iron Chef is so strong on its own. You don't need to start tinkering with it. And it's also like, it's, it's like putting a flamboyant top hat on top of a flamboyant pirate hat. Like <laughs> the show was over the top and that's what we loved about it. And it's, it's like, it's really not over the top now, aside from whoever, <laughs> it was so ridiculous that they tried to work with the conceit that they have a new chairman and he's the nephew of the old school chairman from the Japanese <laughs> version. And this dude is just, he's batshit <laughs> and he's playing yeah. batshit. Whereas, you know, OG chairman was very much like, <laughs> he tried to play dignity, right? He played kind of ludicrous because he was trying to play dignity, but like, yes. you know, he took himself somewhat seriously, not too seriously. He knew what the show he was in. But, mm -hmm. you know, he, with all his ruffles and and his, you know, Elizabethan hair or whatever, his sweeping locks and just the way he would, <laughs> like, listen, no one will ever shout à la cuisine as well as that dude did. À la cuisine! It's 100% true. So, like I said, I, will I, summer months are coming, content going to be drying up. Listen, I'm going to be home <laughs> where all my stuff is not at for 
about a week. There's going to be some hot-ass August days where Mr. Malash is not available, and I will be wanting to chill in the AC and watch something. This may make a return, but as of right now, it's a that's a pass for me, y'all. <laughs> Just, your cuisine is not reigning supreme, Netflix. Oh my god, that was terrible. Listen, that was terrible. It was true to the show. How dare you, friends? On that whimper of a note, we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, Opportune June concludes with two classics from the vault that we are revisiting. We will see if The Expanse and Kekai Sensen still hold up when we come back after this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we have brought each other this week. As we talked about, we've already brought each other these things, mm-hmm. but we are taking another look at them because it's Opportune June. And that's what we do during Opportune June, as Jordan reminded me, <laughs> panicking last week. We can't all watch a Rama during June. <laughs> makes no sense. Before we get into it, though, there are some rules. Because the show isn't all chaos. The first rule is the rule of three. That is the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them so the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Though in this case, it's so the thing gets a chance to continue to be the thing it is. So many episodes have been watched. So many episodes. Um, The second rule is hashtag save with the pod. We will not talk about this thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones. We kind of keep to that. Unless it's the thing you're anything. watching for a month from now where you just send messages. Oh one message. One <laughs> message. The third rule is not really a rule. It's a policy is that there will be spoilers. Yes. These things are old. I don't know how much spoiling will happen. But if you're like, I don't want to know anything, then you need to say adieu, pack up your belongings, leave for the... A month and a bit. You can you can start your hiatus now. Yeah, and we'll see you sometime in August. Listen for the chimes, we'll, y'all. We'll get you from camp. We'll get you from camp in August. <laughs> we'll pick you up from camp. We'll be waiting. We'll be waiting at the orientation desk. You can show us the friendship bracelets you've made. <laughs> your gimp bracelets. Um, your <laughs> your bug juice and your gimp bracelets. And your unwashed hair. Um. All right. With that, we're going to get into it. I am going to, well, Jordan's going to start, but I am going to introduce the thing that he watched. Sound good? Yeah. Then? All right. So the thing he continued to watch or rewatched, we had a bit of a discussion. I'm sure he'll let me know exactly what happened, um, is The Expanse, which I brought to Jordan several years ago. Some, sure sometime, sometime in first first season of Wrapped, I think. Amazing. Um, the thing, the reason I say I don't know if he's continued or rewatched is because The Expanse is very plot heavy. It's one of the things that makes it makes it great, but it's also really hard to like watch a couple episodes and then come back two years later because you're like, <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um. And like I had mentioned on the show that uh, senior correspondent Chris and I did a full rewatch for that reason, because the series is now done. 
So, all that being said, The Expanse is an American science fiction television series developed by Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby, based on the series of novels of the same name by James S.A. Corey, which is actually two writers who I can't remember right this second. Um, the series is set in the future where humanity has colonized the solar system. It follows a disparate band of protagonists, um, who I'm not going to name here, but there's a bunch of different people, um, um, as they unwittingly unravel and place themselves at the center of a conspiracy that threatens the system's fragile state of Cold War while dealing with existential crises brought forth by newly discovered alien technology. Um... I think that's a pretty good, like, uh, probably the the main, main characters are the crew of a ship called the Rocinante. Um, like they say, it's the disparate member member crew, so they're kind of from all over the place. Um, so the big three factions are the Earth, or the Earthers, uh, Mars, and the people from the Belt, who are impoverished and work to basically supply Mars and Earth with resources. Um, and the thing that the show really does differently is that all of the physics of the show are real world physics. Um, except when you get into like the alien technology stuff, um, but otherwise all real world physics. Um, and it's a really, really cool change from some of the other stuff you see on TV. Um, so yeah, that's the expanse. So Jordan... Did you rewatch? Did you continue? Did you continue to enjoy it? Um, I knew I, I believe I had polished off the first season the last time. This is, I think it's third go with the expanse. Um, and I believe I had polished off the first season. Um, when we talked about it last time, although some things I may have gone ahead because some things in the second season, the first three episodes of the second season were jostling my brain, some of it, but not all of it. Um, So, but I did still watch a, like a, like a recap explainer, little three minute thing. Excellent. Just hit me with all the, uh, the major bullet points. Um, the one thing I noticed immediately and it's like (laughs) the thing I'm comparing it to, I had the thought watching that. So there's a scene in Obi-Wan where (laughs) the, you know, star destroyer, whatever thing is like chasing the ship that obi-wan and the uh you know the 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 nascent rebel alliance is uh fleeing on and obi-wan's like well he only wants me so just i'm gonna go right and then obi-wan just kind of like keeps his ship in front of the other thing you're in a very small ship and this thing is huge right space is infinite why are you in front of it yeah (laughs) go literally anywhere you have a z-axis like just move somewhere else. Remember when that the the littlest Stark kid like got a chance to flee from Ramsey Bolton? Yeah. And he just ran in a straight line. Yeah. My man. Watching a gunfight between the Rocinante and, you know, another ship in the expanse and they're like swirling around each other, you know? Like cuz it's yeah. space, y'all. And it's, it, there's just so much space in space. It's incredible. It's literally, it feels like when you're playing a video game in that, it feels like asteroids, right? You never play asteroids and everything, like there's like centrifugal motion in there as well because right, it's yeah. space. So like you shoot a, you know, a thruster in one direction, you're still going to kind of float in that direction. So like it, that's, there's like momentum, there's inertia and momentum there. 
as the ships are kind of like circling each other, pinging off their shots. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, space combat. <laughs> it's a lot. Just so everyone knows, honestly, watching the expanse, there's a lot of yesing going on. You're just like, yes, yes, thank yes, you. That's yes, a, that's a thing that should happen. Uh, Caitlin is not lying. This is a dense ass show. Uh, I believe at the time, the when we talked about it the first time, I was like, not the only person who was screaming from the rafters that like, this is if you want your Game of Thrones action, but in space, do this because it's you have a million plot lines going on. It was no secret at the time that the two gentlemen who fusion dance into James S. A. Corey were uh, one time assistants to George R. R. Martin and took a lot of his sort of influence. And applied it to this, and you can definitely see analogs there as well, which are quickly falling away by the second season. But, I mean, you can see there's a White Walker element type there, you know, this type of thing there. There's a Ned Stark who is, I'm a, Thomas Jane, I'm amazed you're still here. You're going down fast. <laughs> you got about, you probably got about one more episode left, but um, I'm amazed you made it into season two. So, yeah, you thwarted my expectation there, too. Um because I thought it was a wrap for him on Arrows at the end of season one. Uh, yeah, basically, it's like, it's if you thread it all together, it just has to do with Earth Mega Corporation is probably working somewhere they discovered this, what they call it, extrasolar yes. um, thing, probably sentient, or at least some sort of, you know, has a survival instinct. Um, and drive to reproduce called, they're, they're calling it the proto model, proto molecule. Um, and they were testing it out on this, uh, they're basically using this, uh, was there, it was like a space station type of thing, like, or like a yes. like pleasure, pleasure asteroid type thing. Um, they were using that as a Petri dish basically and letting it run rampant, uh, on this, on this space station. And the three episodes that I saw from the second season are like the people on earth, specifically Christian. I will never try to pronounce her last name. Um, I have a Sorella <laughs> undersecretary. She's an undersecretary, right? Of the United yes. Nations. Um, yes. trying to sniff out everything that's going on. Clearly one of her colleagues or like the dude right above her has his hands mucking about in this. Um, there's a, there's another station called, fuck, what was that one called? <laughs> the other station that they almost went to war over? Uh, Phoebe? Phoebe. Phoebe Station, right. The lead singer of the Headstones blew that up. <laughs> He's Martian now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to see you work, Hugh Dillon. Good for you. Uh, also, here's my, here's my one criticism. It's very mild. Because she hadn't been around that long. Um, our little Martian marine people who we see in the first bit of uh, yeah. season two. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, she's one of my faves. Yeah. Hopefully uh, as we go along, she will do something more than make, make an angry face and like Bobby Draper, man. Bobby Draper's the best. Thin. She's thin right now. There's four more, three more seasons to go. There's a lot of time to be less than, but currently it's just like, I'm angry and I want to start war. <laughs> Boo. Those are Martians for you. Boo. Those are um, also, the Mormons are going to space, y'all. 
Yeah. Well, that's what they're <laughs> literally, it says for them in the Bible to go to space and find <laughs> other Jesuses. They, they do. And that's how they, so ultimately the, the plan in the like three episodes that I watched was to then commandeer the uh, Mormon <laughs> space cathedral. Yeah. And drive it into this aero station that has been basically kind of sealed and abandoned, but all this, you know, all this nasty proto molecule is still there. And essentially use it to bash this thing into the sun. <laughs> if this sounds like a very high concept for a <laughs> hour long network television show, kinda is. But it's still But they fun. mostly pull it off. Um CGI struck me as a little wonky sometimes. I know this was this was still the uh, sci-fi era of the show. Yes. They got three seasons on sci-fi, I think. Um, three seasons on sci-fi. One, I think they grabbed the fourth for Netflix. Amazon. Amazon, yes. And then and then the other two for Amazon as well. So six seasons altogether. Six seasons altogether. Um, so... You know, we have talked about sci-fi shows before. That's SYFY, the network. Um, that sometimes this one looked season one. I remember being like stunned that a sci-fi show could look this good. Generally, you expect sci-fi shows to kind of look like Winona Earp or like yeah. Saturday afternoon syndicated shows like Xena and shit like that. Um, but this show looked really good. But you know, budgets change as things go along. So there were a couple CGI moments that kind of jostled me a bit. Nothing to make me not enjoy myself. It's just, it's, it is a hearty meal. The expanse is a hearty meal. Shouts to you and senior correspondent for essentially binge watching the entire thing before the new season, the most recent mm-hmm. season started. Cause that's a, this is a meaty plate. Every time you sit down for an episode, you're going to have to take in a lot of information and double dealing and espionage and remember who this person is and what's their relationship to the other per to the other person and where do they fit in on all these three factions and Caitlin didn't even mention the OPA and Cuddy from the wire is like seen as a hero from earth, but it's a, but he shouldn't be and he doesn't want to be for reasons. And just there's a million things happening all the time on this show. All the time, a million all the time, <laughs> but doesn't make it bad. It's a very yeah. good show. And I don't want anyone to think that my lackadaisical approach <laughs> to viewing it is a verdict on the show's quality. Absolutely not. It is still as good as it always has been. Every time I've watched it, it's just, it is a meaty hang. Not the funniest show either. <laughs> no, not, it definitely not, isn't like a laugh out loud. Not a, not a lot of laughs to be found on The Expanse. I mean, like, you know, even Game of Thrones, you had Tyrion quipping along. That's a, not a lot of quips on, uh, on The Expanse. But not to the show's detriment, I don't think. It's just... Know what you're getting into, and if you want something that's going, you're going to need to engage with a little more heavily, a lot more heavily than like a Brooklyn Nine Nine rerun or something like that. Like by yes. all means, get in here. It's it's it is working the Game of Thrones lane, but like early season Game of Thrones where we had time to like chill out of the Bank of Bravos or like you know what was what was what was Arya's homie's name? Fat Pie, Hog Pie. What was his name? Um, a uh, pork pie. Pork pie. Pie boy. No, you can hang out with I pie boy. <laughs> when you can hang out with pie boy and like you know just take take the long route <laughs> to to Essos, you know, the that era of Game of Thrones. That's what the Expanse is doing right now. So yeah. 
know what you're getting into. It is all on Amazon. And yeah, it's definitely, I look forward to carrying on with that as well. Cause I've never had a bad time with it. I believe I've always given it an eight or better and it still is still is in that slot. Yeah. I would say seasons five and six are the best, um, which is high. Pr- There's not a lot of shows where <laughs> no, shows the like last get to there. Yes. And yeah, the last season, good. seasons are the best, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Great, so great thanks, thanks for that, Kate. You're welcome. Moving on to the thing I, well, Caitlin kind of selected because I think I've been rediscovering it myself, and maybe that spurred spurred an impulse on her to uh, to revisit uh-huh. it as well. A hundred percent, it did. A hundred percent. I was like, oh yeah, this show. So this is a show. I believe it was from Spoopy Season way back when. Uh, God, like 2018, 2019, something like that. Um, and this is the anime, I always, it's impossible to say it smoothly. So henceforth, it will be referred to by the Japanese name, but this is Blood Blockade Battlefront or Kekai Sensen, literally Bloodline Battlefront. It was a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Yasuhiro Naitao, he of Trigun fame. It revolves around a young photographer named Leonardo Watch who obtains the all-seeing eyes of the gods at the cost of his sister's eyesight. After the incident, Leonardo moves to the city of Hell Salem's Lot, which is Manhattan, to join an organization known as Libra to fight several monsters as well as terrorists. A 12-episode anime television series produced by Studio Bones was broadcast from April to October 2015. And then a 12-episode second season was broadcast from October to December 2017. Uh, I I am wholly of the belief that this is one of the best shows nobody talks about. And it's tragic to me. And every time I revisit it, I am just wholly taken by the style and swagger of this show. And the quality of the music season one of blah, blah, blockade battlefront still to this day, maybe have now that I have rewatched some things in preparation for this conversation, I had already been making moves to finish season two, which I had not back in the day. Um, but now revisiting season one, the opening and ending to season one, Kekai Sensen is maybe top five all time. Closing theme is just a delight every time. I would say, yeah, well, we'll talk about it in a second, but ending for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, the only, the only knock the show really gets, and I've mentioned this before when talking about my, my season two adventures is that it's kind of episodic. Season one has a more, uh, more of a through line, which was not present in the, uh, original manga. And I believe most people chalked up to the, uh, director of that season, uh, Rie Matsumoto. And who I believe also the second season gets a knock because she did not direct it. I think she gets a, she got high praise for the first season and was not involved in the second season. So people have knocked it for that as well. But I guess I've said before in previous conversations, doesn't really bother me. I have a great time every time I am in this world and just watching Leonardo get the tar beat out of him by whatever is happening. I don't know how many episodes Caitlin watched. I do, uh, now remember that one of the most brutal half hours I've ever watched is in this run. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, Kate. How is this for you? Um, I couldn't remember where I had stopped. Um, 
so I started on episode three, mm. which I'm pretty sure I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, sorry, episode four rather. Right, I did four, five, six. That's that's what I re- that's why I assumed you would have watched them. Yes, yeah. Um, and the show is completely fucking bonkers. <laughs> like the show is nuts, and I keep kept on waiting for episodes to like. There'd be like a callback or something. No, no, no callback for you. No character appears again, really. Like it's just, I mean, occasionally they do, but yeah, it's just kind of what, but there was a moment in the, it was in the fourth episode, which is the episode about vampires. Yes. Um, where Leonardo's describing the aura that he's seen. And people are in the club and it just gets quieter and quieter and more people surround him and he just trails off as he's talking. And I was like, Mwah. it was so good. It was very funny. Um, that was a great episode. Um, the episode where you find out, what was his name? Something dog. It was a weird name. Basically, um, pink haired evil girl she had a boyfriend she didn't like the way he looked she turned him into a sauce she replaced this the cute guy with the him as his blood she replaced the pretty boy's blood with the ground up remains of the guy whose personality she liked yeah um and so now they're bonded it's very uh very much a venom type relationship eddie brock uh relationship it was bonkers and amazing um, also, has, also has like a maximum overdrive type of thing going on at the same time because she's driving this, uh, yes, this essentially monster truck, giant through, chomping, giant chomping monster truck through Manhattan to try to find him. Cutted streets, yeah, and um, and just like the fact at the end, like he got advice, like love advice from her, Leonardo did, and like <laughs> uh, finally asked blonde haired girl out for a date. Um, that was ridiculous. And also, then, also before before we get into Nedge, which I'm sure is going to take a minute. Um, shouts to what is his name? Lucky what? <laughs> From episode four, it, the vampire. Just, oh, the vampire expert. Uh, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> Who got cursed by a vampire? But his luck right, is but, so good. <laughs> Tragedy only befalls else. the people around him. Yes, and like when he meets, I don't know what the the white hair guys, the guy who always hangs out with Leonardo. I don't know what his name is. Zep, zap, something, zip, zap. Zep. When the, the shard of glass stabs him in the face and just the blood comes pouring out. And then Leonardo gets like thrashed by the giant rock. Like that was fantastic. And like zapped, like continuously screaming, like look at the damage you're causing. And it's like people getting like, decapitated beside him and like things exploding behind lucky like and like their uh, mentor who who he thinks lucky thinks of lucky as his mentor the werewolf guy right just like humming along on the train <laughs> and he's like the meteor comes out of nowhere and crushes the monster and zapped is like i have never seen a meteor this does not happen oh that was good it was good it was funny it's funny and ridiculous and wild and like if even the the thing that's amazing about this show is the attention to detail mm. in background shots. Yes. 
where like a monster will just like eat like a person or someone will like implode or you know just like insanity happens like in the background shots and it's just like every day because this is what a hellmouth <laughs> is like um yeah it's just wild so i watched the first, i watched episode 4 rewatched episode 4 and i was like man that was great and i rewatched yeah. episode 5 and i was like man that was great and then yeah. it showed the uh, the next episode tag for the upcoming episode six, and I went, "Oh no!" Uh huh. No preparation. No, um, you know, FedExed box of tissues. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Just the inevitability of falling in love with a mushroom monster boy and his forgetful forgetting spores for i don't know what you would call them so yeah leonardo memory erasing spores leonardo meets this uh this little mushroom boy who just uh loves burgers just wants burgers so much just wants burgers. smiling jack happy jack whatever the whatever the uh chain is called um and apparently they they don't serve Beast people, monsters, yeah. Um, or like forty, forty. They keep they keep talking about Forty Second Street. That's not a, uh, that's not a area that you know demon beast folk whatever generally hang out at. So when you first meet him, he gets hit by a garbage truck and like flies off. And the the thing they establish very quickly is he doesn't really feel pain. That doesn't make it any easier later on when you watch him get clubbed with a baseball bat over and over again by these assholes who want to, like, force him to produce these spores that cause people to faint and uh, and lose their memory. Um, yeah, it was a <laughs> I rewatched it and I was like, should I message Caitlin about this one? Because it's... Yeah, yeah. The answer would have been yes. You should have. Because now she is traumatized for the rest of her life. Like, both times. The first time they were punching him, the the mm, guy who yeah. wet himself, which was a very weird scene <laughs> on his own, um, then started punching the poor mushroom boy who all he wanted was hamburgers and love. Um, and then the second time when they started, they were both, like, beating him. Like, that was awful. Yeah. It was <laughs> awful and horrifying. And then... That no, he no. didn't even remember meeting Leonardo. And then he's trying to hold it in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't need, and they're like, why is it fading? He's like, I don't want to forget you, so I'm going to hold it. In. I can hold it in. Oh, yeah. my God. And then when they turn but, on Leonardo, he gets so enraged that he he lets out this huge explosion of spores. And they do end up forgetting each other, theoretically. But, but Leonardo remembered to get two servings. And he ran into Mushroom Boy, who got hit yet again by a truck. I thought he, that Mushroom Boy was dead the third time when he got hit at the end. I was like, oh, Mushroom Boy is dead now. No, he was not. And they become friends again. They do. So, so I like to think that they remember so each other. Even you you got a happy ending despite all the, the brutality. and The torture and <laughs> brutality. Show does it all, um, y'all. The show does it all. But also above everything, and I know this is such a big thing for me, the visuals are outstanding. It's just, like, I don't, beautiful. like, if you liked Cowboy Bebop, if you liked that vibe, if you just liked, 
it's just so different. And I don't know why nobody talks about this show that much. I'm guessing it's because there's not this, it's not an arc. It's just this like absolute balls to the wall, like (laughs) weird monsters. The stuff is the stuff of nightmares, like just strangeness. And it's great um, and fun. And the characters are great and the character designs are great and it can be really funny and um, sentimental and brutal. And yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just it's I think that's probably why a lot of stuff is, you know, is sought after for its narrative. And this doesn't necessarily have that, right? I guess if there's really there's no narrative. there's no there's no discourse for this show. There's no twists and turns, right? There's no like plot locomotive. It's a there's you know, there's no bleh, gotcha moments in the show. It's just like it's very episodic. It's very self-contained. It's very adventure of the week type of thing. Um, Will I ever, ever get tired of them calling out their attacks at the same time? No, I will not. <laughs> will I ever get tired of uh, knowing the credits are coming when you hear that? <laughs> no. And will I actually sit through four commercials to watch the credits every time? Yes, I will. Y'all, if you've never seen the end credits to Kekai Sensen, it's just all the characters essentially partying and dancing on, yeah. in, like, formal clothes on a stage. It's it's so fun. It's that break before the final chorus where they show the credit for the song and then, like, they put on, like, the strobe lights and they're all doing, like, <laughs> cha-cha kicks in a conga line. I'm like, oh, my yes. God. So, you just like stuff that makes you feel good, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. So, so mushroom boy brutality, notwithstanding, you had a good time with it. I did. I had enough of a good time that I was like, I really need to keep this in the roster. Mm. Like I may not consume a ton of it. Probably three episodes at a time. is probably (laughs) all I can take. Um, just because it's just so bizarre. Um, but it's really good. It's really good. And it's, um, I just really like hanging out with the characters. And I would also hazard that uh, second season soundtrack may be better than first. And <gasps> it's very expensive on wax. So if anybody ever wants to uh, track, track that down for me. I have, and put that in the tip jar. I have. <laughs> put that in the tip jar. You got a whole month to save for it. <laughs> I have multiple eBay and uh, Mercari alerts set up for that. Um, it's like one copy on Discogs. It's like $250. Oh my god! I missed it, Kate. I didn't even know to look for it when it released, and then it came and went like all Japanese vinyl, and it was poof. Now it's gone, and these mother- motherfuckers are out there just gouging me, gouging me because nobody wants it because nobody talks about this goddamn show, <sighs> except me. And now you, and maybe you, y'all. Maybe you're like yeah. that show. Those shows sound great. I want to check those out. If you do, let us know. Twitter.com/slash/geekdownpod, or just in general. Let us know what you're getting up to. Get up off Twitter. Let us know how many. Keep us up on your 900 K-pop concerts that you're going out to this summer. I see you. I see you out there traveling. <laughs> and yeah, let us know. Have, have, have fun at your concerts. <laughs> let us know what you're getting into. We will let y- y'all know what we're getting into. You will obviously, you know, listen. Twitter's the only place you're going to see a photo of us looking our best. It's true. At Caitlin's reception, so you'd be like, "Who's that lady in the wedding dress?" <laughs> it's me. I know, right? 
Wait, who's that? Who's that relaxed, unbothered gentleman? I can't, so bothered. I can't. <laughs> Just gritting my teeth at the cacacity around him. Enduring this fife music. Where did Caitlin get that tie and why is it on her head? Oh, God. Oh, God. We can't, we can't go in. We didn't even talk about it on mic. We cannot go into my, my rigid, my rigid rules for event attendance. Oh, God. I do, I do too much, y'all. That's, that's the takeaway. I do too much. Friends, you want to know all my rules for events? Hit me up. Twitter.com at GeekdownPod. I will be more than happy to regale you with all of Jordan's rules for a formal event attendance. Otherwise, that is going to do it for us. For the month of July, y'all, we will yeah. see y'all sometime second week of August. Stay safe out there. Things are wild. We didn't we didn't talk about it. Doesn't mean we don't know that things are wild. Things are wild. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Stay, stay hydrated. Cool. Happy Blade of Pride to all of our friends out there. And we will be back with you in the month of August. Friends, thank you so much for hanging with us for an hour and change. It truly means the world to us. You have no idea. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us in August for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Hi, no, gross. everybody knows August is just it's just so refreshing. <laughs> it's beautiful. Just that cool breeze coming off the lake. Chef's, chef's kiss for August. August, go fuck yourself. Oh my god, it's a civic holiday. It's like the like the French Riviera out here. It's like Monaco. You're just like <laughs> sea breezes. Except, except people aren't as well dressed. <laughs>